This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. On this show, if you're a regular listener, you know I try to bring a wide variety of people into conversation about what got them on the path to be an entrepreneur, where they've found success, what advice they have. And what I've discovered about entrepreneurship is every entrepreneurial artist has their own way of finding success. So we're not going to be able to just go and copy any one person. What we need to do is get nuggets and ideas and thoughts and concepts and then take the pieces that work for us and get them working together. I call it sort of some assembly required. You can have all the pieces, but if you don't line them up and get them working for you, nothing's going to really happen. So today, we're going to go down a little bit more of a, a spiritual metaphysical type path than maybe we do regularly on this show, but don't tune out because this is going to be one of those shows where you go, whoa, where'd he find this guy? He's cool. So today, I've invited Ian Gray to be a guest on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, and he hushed when I asked him what he does. His answer was, I usher in heaven and earth for myself and others. Now, I could give you more because I've read his bio and I know where he's had huge success in business and finance and everything else, but let's just go back to, he ushers in heaven and earth for himself and others and see where this takes us. Hey, Ian, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really, really excited to be here, Tom. Um, and I'm really excited for the listeners. I actually done some, some interviews myself with people and the whole concept was around deconstructing where their successes were so that other people could apply in their lives. And just listening to that intro is just a big reminder that being on this show is such a great part of my path. So I'm, I feel like I'm right at home and I'm really excited for everybody that's listening today because I'm going to throw in some things that may create a little confusion, but confusion is just the mind integrating itself into a new paradigm. So I met Ian at the New Media Summit, and a bunch of people got to get up and sort of pitch their ideas about why they'd be a good guest on the show, and he just had me. He was one of the first people I turned around for. It was kind of like set up like The Voice, where you got to turn around if you wanted him on your show, and I, I just instantly had it. And part of it had to do with the fact that he has created huge personal financial success to the point where he can do whatever he wants. And I think for a lot of us, that's appealing. I mean, how great to be able to just say, I'm going to do whatever I want. So Ian, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and about what it, what is your business? How did you get to this, this place in life uh, entrepreneurially? Uh, absolutely. So now I've created Evolve Life, which is actually all about the practices that I use to usher in heaven and earth for myself. And when others use them, it works for them as well. So there's actually a lot of practical components to ushering in heaven and earth. I know you mentioned there 
meta, more metaphysical than other times, but there's a, there's a metaphysical realm too. So I weave the two together so that I can manifest the reality that I intend to create. Now, what's the case for this? I grew up in one of those households where I was told constantly we don't have money for that. And finally, one day, I was begging my dad for a motocross bike, every father's dream, right? Their kid wants to go race motorcycles. But it was my dream. I always had it since I was a little kid. And he always would tell me no. And then one day was different. And he said, you can have a motorcycle when you can afford one. <laughs> and like a light bulb went out of my head. I was eight years old. And I was like, wait, oh, it's up to me. Oh, it's up to me. And that's the case in everything in reality. I, there, there's a saying out there where 90% or 10% of life is what happens to you. 90% is how you react. And my, my thought process is actually it's 100% how I respond to my circumstances and conditions that can create the new circumstances and conditions in what I like to usher in for myself. And that's, that's what I describe as heaven on earth. So my entrepreneurial journey begun when I was eight years old. When I was 11 years old, I came home with that motorcycle. So what did you do in business to get yourself to where you are now financially? What was the business that you had that, that you were able to create this huge financial success? Yeah. So I, I actually ended up having a couple smaller businesses and then I created innovation ads. And at the time I was completely broke. I had already made money, lost money, made money, lost money. I did the hero's journey up and down several times. And then I started innovation ads, um, back in 2003. And, um, by 2006, I had 150 employees. That started with my credit card. Um, I brought in a business partner early on, early on in it. Actually, younger than me, but just great, brilliant guy. And him and I just jive really well together. So that just kind of skyrocketed growth. And uh, mostly, what we ended up doing was actually helping people that could never get a degree or never figure out what school to go to. The first generation people that going to college figure out where to go to school, and we work with. Arizona State University, we're agency of record for them, um, University uh, Maryland, University College. We had the, the Rise, the Kellers, the University of Phoenixes, the Strayers, the online guys as well. But what we did was we actually built out a matching platform for individuals onto what schools they'd be eligible for, and then we'd walk them through the process. So at first, it started off just generating leads for the school, but then we started doing the application process and then doing enrollment and then even retention and customer service and bringing people all the way to master's degrees. So we built this huge online advertising technology business that ultimately became an enrollment management company. That's awesome. And so what are you doing these days? Tell us where you've transitioned into uh, to what you do now. Yeah, so I sold that business in uh, 2006. And by before 2009, I was completely out of it. I was 30 years old, had millions of dollars in the bank, single, living in New York, and had a place in Miami. And was like, what do I do with myself? So I did the whole celebration thing and that got to like, I can do whatever I want. And then after the celebration wound down, I was like, what do I really want? Actually, I have no purpose. I'm like, I'm having a great time here, but it's not like giving me any meaning in my life. So I can only go out so many nights a week for so long, meet different girls so many times, do all that lifestyle that I thought was like, this is going to be the perfect ride. And it was for the time. So I actually got back into racing motorcycles. I had gotten my pro license when I was younger, got out of that to do the practical thing and do all the businessy stuff and finish school and all that stuff. And um, I got back into that. And while I was doing it, I just, I ended up buying an RV, like a rockstar bus with the 
garage in the back and driving around the country and going to different motocross tracks and different national monuments and different places like national parks and ended up in California for a bit. I started a supercross team for one year and sponsored a couple riders, helping them get through the pro ranks. And then I stumbled across a, a motocross track in Floresville, Texas, in the middle of nowhere, population 6,000, I think at the time. And it was closing and motocross had taught me so many lessons in life. It also helped me keep my family together. It taught me how to pick myself up from falling. Um, it taught me how to win graciously, lose graciously, come back from challenges and overcome adversity. And I saw this beautiful place about to go away. So I ended up purchasing it and moving from having a penthouse in Miami and the luxury building in New York um, to go live in my RV on 105 acres in the middle of nowhere. And with that actually led me to um, the, the, the drag strip in San Antonio actually closed down as well, San Antonio Raceway, which is a monumental place. And uh, the community came to me seeing what I had done with the motocross track and asked me to purchase uh, San Antonio Raceway. So I worked out a deal, revived that place, brought that back to life and had a lot of fun doing it. Um, you know, thousands of people every single weekend. But there was still something that I realized that my higher calling was, was not being fulfilled. And that's when I actually created a, what I do now is called Evolved Life. And so let's talk about Evolved Life. And so, well, first of all, let's back up. Where do you live now? Depends on the day, it feels like sometimes. Um, technically, I'm, I'm making home base Miami Beach. However, I'm back in Texas quite a bit. Um, looks like I'm going to be spending a lot of time in Costa Rica. It seems like we're traveling every other week. So I'm like, I'm doing two weeks here. I'm like excited about it. Well, if you're ever in Austin, let me know because I live in Austin. Yeah, well, actually, you're going to have to come down. We'll talk after the show. Come down when I'm in Texas. We'll go to some races. Nice, nice. So, so let's talk about what, what you're doing now with, with, the, with the company. Yeah, so Evolve Life actually started off as me just documenting all the things that made me successful um, when, when I had a lot of success and then noticing where the pieces were that brought me less than success, less than what I intended to create and just starting to really parse that out. When I was creating innovation ads, nobody would help me. It, was, it seemed like an uphill battle. Uh, everywhere I went for money, they kind of laughed at me. They wanted you know, one or two or three years of business results. I'm like, I need the money now, not in a year from now. And I, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs go through that. And um, I ended up going to an entrepreneur's organization and they, they kicked me out because I didn't have all the credentials. And I'm like, but I, I thought that this was like a place for people like me. And they're like, nope, you don't have the tax returns. You haven't been in business for a year. You don't have enough employees, all this and I was like, okay, fine. I walked outside New York City, cold and rainy day. And with that fall, it was just like, this is misery. And I was just like, why is this happening to me? Like, and I, I, I kind of covered my face and I pat my head down for a second. And I looked up to the sky and I'm like, you know what? When I figure this stuff out, I'm going to give it back to the world and create a way to help other entrepreneurs. So that's where Evolve Life began was really with me first dissecting what was successful for me and what wasn't because for a time period, I felt like I kind of forgot and making sure that I could now have a system in place to remember. And then I remembered about the other entrepreneurs and now it's actually grown into this stuff is for my legacy. This stuff is for my kids. Like my dad gave me a lot of great books and some teachings, mostly, mostly a lot of great books um, that, that really aided in my, my success. And 
there was a number of things that I learned by watching the authority around me that actually stunted my success. I'm like, what do I want to give to my children? What could I actually give to them so that they constantly manifest the life that they'd like to have? And as I did that, it really expanded and caused a lot more introspection for me. And I started developing all kinds of practices that allow me to have like an extreme amount of joy and um, bring in like amazing people into my life, money constantly. Like I believe that best friends should make each other millions of dollars. That like that should be some of it. Shouldn't just be trading because you're my friend or doing something nice. Let's make each other money. Let's make each other rich. Let's like enjoy everything. Like I believe heaven has opulence to it. It's not like being in the dirt, like hippie style. Like I'm higher than you because I'm living in the dirt type thing. So it's interesting. You touched on a couple of things that sort of resonated with me. So one of the things is, is you know, I I've had a very you know moderately successful career in sales and marketing, and then I've been working for myself as as a speaker and a master of ceremonies with this uh, podcast. And and I've it, from the outside world, you know, it looks like I've done really well. But I always make the joke that I've been sort of stuck in the high middle. From the outside, people go, "Wow, look at how well he's doing." But I know that there's more that I could have done all along, and, and and mistakes I made. You made the thing about sort of you know the authority and society sort of maybe stunted you or held you back or, or whatever, and it, that sort of resonated with me because I think I sort of fell into that. I put my ladder against the the sort of societal corporate wall and and climbed that ladder only to realize the ladder was against the wrong wall. And so I've been working for myself for nine years, and and again. I think the ladder is in a much better place. However, I still kind of have realized that I can only go so many rungs. So some of the stuff you were talking about really resonated. And then the one thing I did that I don't know if I shared with you when we met is I made a pact with myself when I turned 50 that I was going to get over some of that stuff that was holding me back. And I just decided, and it wasn't necessarily even about money. It was just about the joy that I was going to make age 50 to 75 the best years of my life. Now, it's funny how many people come back and say, well, what about 75 to 100? And I'm like, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. <laughs> and then there's people who go, well, what was wrong with the first 50 years? And actually nothing. I, I had a pretty good time. I mean, I joked that if I'm going to make 50 to 75 the best years of my life, uh, I've got, you know, I was kind of a party kid in high school and college. I, I had a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to have to work really hard at it. And and 25 to 50 was great. I have, a, you know, I've been married 26 years. I I have a couple of great kids that I raise, but it, it's hard sometimes to, to, to raise kids and, and have a career. And so, uh, you know, I've made this pledge that there's something different from 50 to 75 and, and I'm a year and a half into it or almost two years into it. And uh, I'm actually seeing more of that joy. So what you're talking about on some level, and, and maybe I just have my toe in the water, really resonates with me. Oh, wonderful. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. I mean, what I found for myself, and I, I can only speak to my own experience. So I talk, I talk about myself, not as like an egoic thing. It's just my, my experience and things and to not push my way on other people, allow them to try it on. Um, however, it may, may or may not resonate. And if it doesn't, throw out anything I say, like I'm, I'm totally cool with that. But for myself, I found that it really starts with that intention, just creating the intention that this is going to be what I'm going to bring about for myself and my future. And the moment that I do that, it starts to come into my present and it starts to actually reveal itself. And there was a long time in my, my life where I had zero intention and I felt like life was happening to me. And I had, I had actually no idea what was going on actually at one point. I was like that far asleep. And uh, I, I fell back asleep like five, five, six years ago where it's like, I don't even know what's going on around me. And then I came out of that and there's different stages of consciousness. So that, that became like that victim stage where I just looked at everybody else. It was everybody else's fault. 
And that was a great time because everybody around me became equally as miserable as I was because I was being miserable to them. So I destroyed all of my friendships, like just completely ruined like anything that was good happening in my life. And I was unaware that I was actually doing that. And then the next stage that I got to, I describe as like the survival stage. And this is what I teach in the Evolve Life program is these stages and how to move through them. And then some other little hacks and stuff that, that really work for me practices. Um, and this survival stage is kind of describing a little bit um, what you had mentioned earlier, like where as an entrepreneur, I can spend a lot of time on the bubble. And it's like, okay, I got to work hard for my money. I'm hustling. I'm faking it till I make it in some respects. And it, it's getting better and some, sometimes and sometimes it's pulling back. And it's like, I, I'm doing a bunch of stuff. I don't know what's impactful or what's great. And, and there was a lot of time where I spent in that realm. And then I started looking at where I was making the errors and the errors are access to my greatness. And then I started looking at like the, all the causes and all the things that were wrong in the world that I could do those things. And how could I go out and fix those things in the world? And then at past that is actually where I found a way to thrive myself. So um, there's, there's several more, but I could go deeper in any one of them. I said a lot of stuff there, so I'd like to turn it back to you. <laughs> well, you did say a lot of stuff. I'm taking notes, and I wrote a couple things down. And one thing you said was, you know, it felt like life was happening to you. I think that happens to a lot of us, whether you're an entrepreneur or you work for a company or, or no matter what you're doing. I think a lot of people really feel like life is happening to us. We're not taking that ownership. So what advice do you have for somebody who wants to break out of feeling like life is happening to them? The, the first thing is um, actually back to what I said at the beginning of the show is taking 100% responsibility for everything that comes into my awareness. 100% responsibility. That, that's a person crossing the street that's carrying their bags and I may be, they might be struggling. I might be inclined to go help them and make that choice to go do that. And that may be a solution or am I taking away their free will to get stronger? So it's, it's actually becoming aware of every single thing as a mirror to who I'm being inside. Cause as soon as I have a judgment to something I see, then that reveals something about my deeper truth. And when I start revealing my deeper truth, I can start unraveling it. So when I have an argument with my wife, if we ever argued, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that argue, never, never happens. Um, whatever comes up for me, if I start blaming her, then I'm, I've moved right back to that victim stage. So uh, then I have no control of the situation or I could just choose to change the way I use words or hold my presence, hold my space to change the energy of the whole argument. So uh, it was just a week ago where I, I did this, this thing with my wife I had never done before. Don't get excited, guys and ladies. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that kind of show. <laughs> um, where she had come at me and she was, she was a little bit upset and um, rightfully so because I talked to an ex-girlfriend and, you know, one of those things. And I just, like, let her give me all of the pain and, like, the whole, like, everything just shrunk in the room. And it felt like we were so distant. We were so far apart from where we were at just moments ago. But I let it go to that, that place of, does this tell me more about what I did wrong? And not in a mocking way. Tell me more about what I did wrong. And I took that all on and took all that energy. And then I just kind of sat with where we were in the relationship. And I asked a few questions to her, like, so where are we at right now? And she started you know, talking about it. And then I, I kind of made the pendulum swing the other way by asking another set of questions instead of tell me more about what I did wrong. So what is it that you envision for this relationship? 
So immediately I started taking control. What is your mission? How are we in the highest, best use? How do we hold each other in our highest selves? What are the things that we should be talking about and doing about that? And I kid you not, within like five minutes, we were like right back to like the most high cloud back into heaven on earth. And it was actually just me taking the responsibility for everything that was happening around me. I could have just fed into it and done the drama of life, or I could actually be the influencer. So in that case, I was like, okay, instead of life happening for me, life is happening because of me. So it's like a cool dance that I get to do in heaven is like, okay, am I going to look at this situation and alter this matrix through the power of my voice, through the power of my presence, or am I going to just sit back and take a bunch of blows? and then blame everything doesn't help. So another thing that you mentioned was that a lot of people and, and maybe yourself go through sort of this entrepreneurial world of sort of fake it till you make it. And so that's a, that's a saying that always kind of annoys me because I translate that to go out there and be a fraud. And uh, so if somebody, you know, has been sort of brought up in this fake it till you make it sort of lifestyle of entrepreneurship, you know, or life, you know, what advice do you have for them to, to get out of that? Yeah. So, um, that's, that's excellent. So I think what happens is fake it till you make it has an element of truth, but it also has this, this fraud piece out of it. So um, what I, I was taught growing up was that once I did a certain action, then I would have a certain result. And when I had that result, then I could be this person I wanted to be. So once I um, started a company and I had a certain level of success, then I can be the CEO. But the truth is actually, I am always the CEO the moment I start that company, I already am. So actually the order of manifestation happens in embodiment of something. Who am I being right now? Who am I being? And when I choose who I'm being, then the things that I do actually happen as an essence, as the ethos of who I am being. So when I watch a dancer like, doing the dance, I can't even distinguish the dancer from the dance. It's like, oh my gosh, it's just amazing. It, they actually do the dance in this beautiful, elegant way. Same thing with an artist or same thing with a person racing a car or a motorcycle. Same thing with um, anything in relationships where I'm embodying, like I'm going to be, I'm going to be the most amazing husband when I choose to be that person and play that role. I may not have been that person a moment ago, but now this moment I embody that, then everything I'm going to do is going to be a reflection of that. So I'm going to show up as that person versus like, I've got to do these great things. Then I can be a great husband. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I think that it does. And, and you also talked about having access to greatness. And so I wrote that down and I don't now five minutes later, remember why I wrote it down, but I think there's probably a reason. So how does someone like me or somebody listening to the show who feels that they're stuck in that high middle how do they access that greatness? So, so there's, um, there's two ways of two schools of looking at it. One is like looking at what makes me great and doing more of that. However, there's, there's this other side of it, which is where the real keys are. And that's where are my errors? And that's, I think probably what I said was my errors, my mistakes are my access to greatness. And I actually learned this racing motorcycles. I would look at every single picture of me riding and I look at where my hand position was. Did I have my finger on the clutch in the right spot? Were my elbows out in my, for my body? Am I over the front of the bike? Am I over the back of the bike? Are my balls of my feet on the foot pegs? It, where, where am I centered on the seat? Like every single little nuance. And I would look for the errors. And in those errors, 
I could actually see what I needed to change so that I could then be more successful racing motocross. I took that same kind of systemization into my business and like, okay, where am I bleeding? Where am I making these mistakes? What am I neglecting? What am I avoiding? The avoiding things. What am I avoiding doing? That is some great access to greatness in where I'm avoiding doing it. Like just with uh, the new subscription program that I'm doing with the Evolve Life, I, I've had about 18 videos to record and I, I've been like procrastinating every single excuse under the sun not to do them. And as soon as I put it on this, I put on my evidences, put it on my list of evidences, I look at that first thing in the morning, I'm like, okay, today's the day, let's get this clean. And when I did, I created some amazing content. So it's a matter of looking at where my weaknesses are, where I think a lot of, uh, in the past, I probably looked at my vulnerabilities and kind of covered them up and pretended like I wasn't, like uh, maybe I'm perfect and <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. So what advice do you have for someone who's listening to the show who, who wants to reposition that metaphorical ladder against the right wall and, and start their own business? They want to go down their own path. What advice do you have? So um, the, the first step that I do in taking on a new venture, and this is something I didn't know up front, and I had a lot of success at making money and then ended up not feeling fulfilled at a certain point because I didn't do this key step. And that first step is actually, what is the point of this? What is my purpose behind this? So I, I know for myself and many other people that I've spoke to that getting to a certain money amount, dollar amount is like, that's going to be the ultimate measure of success. It, that's, that's where I've now arrived. Well, the thing is, if you arrive there and it's not what's in your heart to be doing, you might have the money, but won't have the, the feeling of success. And, and I, I speak from firsthand experience. Um, you know, when I sold that advertising business, it felt great to get to that number. And then just a couple of weeks later, I was like, okay, now what? Like, what am I doing with myself? It's, this is this is weird. Like, how do, so the first thing I I um, suggest anybody does is actually look at what is the number that I'm I'm looking to obtain, and how does that change my life? How does that change my life in terms of my experiences that I'm going to have, the things I'm going to buy, anything that goes with who I become as a result of having that value proposition? And then I actually look at. How does that change the life of the people in my family and my friends? And then I'll go out to the community and think about how I can impact the community and then out to the world. And hopefully when I get to that far out, the things that I should be doing, the person I should be being actually, and what I should be creating actually shows up for me. Like, oh my gosh, I, like, I just love educating people. Okay, I've got, um, the business is going to be an education. Or I just love making people smile or making people laugh. I used to be a comedian. So those things start to reveal themselves very clear of what one's purpose is when it's like, okay, the money is like the carrot, but it's not really the why. And the why comes behind by, by looking at what I would do with that money. Interesting. So I do a whole program called The Paradox of Potential. Because we get really caught up in our society of somebody having potential. We're like, oh my gosh, you know, I've started this business. I can do all these things. And then two years later, the business closes. And they, they had legitimate potential, but they never got to the results. So I talk to a lot of groups and get dialogues going about why is there a gap between potential and results? So I love to ask the people who come on this show, why do you think that gap exists and what can people do 
to get farther across it. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would like to actually just speak to like my own experience on this because I, I, I'm an idea machine. I've got no shortage of ideas, and I, every time I see a place that's for rent when I'm going down the street, like that would be perfect there. I'm like, oh, that should be a yoga shop or that should be a clothing store. Like I, I, every time I, I see a problem, like that's a business that I could create for it. And that's where the potential lies. And then actually act, the execution of it is where I think that in my own experience um, is where I've failed. And that's usually due to the fact that um, I'm pretty good at doing pretty much anything I start doing. And what actually ends up happening is there's too many things to do because I'm able to execute on so many things. And I think that's the case for a lot of entrepreneurs. We're like very good doers. And that's the difference between like a millionaire and a billionaire. A billionaire hires the CEOs for his company, whereas an entrepreneur hires some employees and a lot of times takes over, grabs the wheel again because his employees or her employees aren't doing um, the things that need to be doing. Actually, I could always speak for my myself. So there was times when I had my racetrack that I was out there like pointing the lights and making sure they were aiming right for the night track or mowing the grass or running the loader or bulldozer. Like that's, that's not my highest and best use. Like there should be people for that. <laughs> and I would take on too many things myself, knowing that I could do all of them really well and not find those people that were really passionate and that their highest and best use was to do whatever position I was taking on. So I was actually stunting my ability to execute and create the success and realize the potential that was out there. Hmm. Awesome. Well, Ian, I'm not going to let you go yet. I actually have more questions for you. Yeah. But first, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. This episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Hey, Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Ian Gray. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know a lot of you do, well, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Ian, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What's the coolest thing you're doing in your business right now? Whew, the coolest thing I'm doing in my business right now um, is actually I'm, I'm looking for a location to actually usher in heaven and earth where people actually can learn these practices in a set spot. So I just came back from a place called Synergita in Costa Rica. And um, it, just, uh, it looks like I'll be working quite a bit with those guys. And they have over 100 acres, six cleanest source of water on the planet. They have rivers. Um, with waterfalls on on the property, they're building out a school that's like a holistic Montessori. It's called Holistic Global. It's like four different types of schooling, like unschooling, some of the practical stuff. They got horses on the property. They're like a real community based around practicing a lot of the practices that I teach with Evolve Life, and doing that in the presence of each other. So. The, the idea is like, I'm going to hold everybody I meet to their highest version of themselves so that they stay in that high vibration versus some, some places out there where it's a little more difficult to do that. So I think that's probably one of the coolest things that I've stumbled upon recently that, uh, that it looks like I'm going to be a big part of. 
That's awesome. Plus, Costa Rica is just absolutely beautiful. I I went for the first time in February. Uh, my wife and I spent a week there with with some friends, and I was blown away by just how amazing Costa Rica is. Yeah, it's 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 an it's it's a beautiful place, and I mean they don't even have a military. Like just to think of the mindset, like the mindset's pure vida, like the pure life. Yeah, just just how how much of how many of us out here live that in in uh, other areas no i think I, I think that that's they have the, the 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 right basis going on with the pure veda i think that's good hey uh i'd love to ask the people who come on the show who it is they admire because we could talk about ian all day long and all the cool things you're doing but i think great entrepreneurs are observers so i love to know who do you see out there in the the entrepreneur sphere if you will that is doing something cool yeah there's, there's um there's three people that pop in my head. Um, one is I just sat down yesterday with a friend of mine, Jeremiah Fox, and he's here in Miami and he's creating, he's, he's grew up with a family of doctors and doctors, kids usually become doctors. He went to med school. He thought he was going to go that route and he realized, why am I doing this? Which I think happens to a lot of us. Um, definitely happened to me where I went on the path that my parents were pushing me towards. And then I was like, wait, this is not my path. This is their path. Um, and he, he could have just went down that route really easily and inherited a bunch of practices. And rather than doing that, he dropped out and he started developing an application that allows all of the medical service providers to talk to each other and the patient to talk to um, their practitioner, their, I guess it's practitioner, doctor, um, directly so that they don't have to actually go into like the medi clinic or go to a doctor unless they actually get to speak to a doctor first, thus saving a ton of time for the whole entire system and wrapping everything around the billing of that, also the medications that one's on, tracking all one's medical records, which actually really alleviates um, quite a bit of that time. So the, when I go to the doctors now, which is fortunately rare instance, I fill out the same papers every single time, no matter how many times I've been there hmm. and write my name six or seven times each from there. And then they call my insurance to verify my insurance, which usually they tell me I have to pay anyway. Because <laughs> that's the way insurance works. You pay um, them and they pay nothing. Yes. Yeah. Which is, which is bad for the doctors as well. So he's created a whole entire application that will allow all these engines to speak to each other and improve the user experience for the doctors and the patients and the insurance companies so that people get the access to the healthcare that they need at the lowest possible cost and build a relationship with something. So that was uh, something he was just telling about just the other day. And he's just, I mean, he's a young kid. There's, there's a couple others I would like to bring up, but uh, I got NDA signed. <laughs> well, we know they're out there then. They're doing great things. Hey, the last question I ask everybody who comes on the show is, is what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because I actually have this belief that, you know, as entrepreneurs, really as people, we have a little bit of a responsibility to do more than just make money. We really should leave some sort of a mark and help other people. So, so what do you do? Yeah. So I, 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 in the past, I would do a lot of events at the racetracks for like chair for charities, for different charities and just raise money for them. Um, and then do like food drives. I did stuff for the center for the intrepid and uh, a lot of stuff for military wounded warriors, um, some others, smaller organizations and help them raise money. And I found like that, that it didn't like, it didn't really pull to my heart. I never saw really where the change was. I would write a check and I would get a nice letter. I even have a, a certificate from a, 
couple four-star generals signed it saying thank you for some of the donations I did, that we were able to raise. And that, I mean, that was all really fulfilling for me. I even have a kid in the child fund and, and donate to them now for, I think, like 15 years. Watching them grow up has been exciting. But the truth is that I find that the more that I clean up my own crap, the more that the, the reality I walk into becomes better. So my, my biggest focus is like actually showing up as the gift that I am in the world. So when I meet anybody, it's a matter of how am I going to raise their vibe and make sure that they lead this conversation having like feeling better than they ever have before. And then they take that forward. Like I believe no stone dropped in the ocean. Like every stone that's dropped in the ocean creates ripples that reach the shore. So it's really a matter of the biggest impact really has been being the change myself. And I think, I think that's, um, a lot of people underestimate that, that out there and they think about what's happening out there. And the thing is, what's happening out there is actually just a reflection of what's happening in here. And, and that's, that's where I think the real meat of change comes from, in my experience. So it's interesting. This has come up time and time again in, in conversations, both here on the podcast, but also everywhere I've, I've been of late. And that is, you know, I, I read an article last fall in the Harvard Business Review that talked about an epidemic of loneliness in our society. And there was just an article on LinkedIn uh, a couple weeks ago about uh, the, the current generation. It was about the millennials, but it really affects all of us that it was the loneliest generation ever since they've been tracking such things in the fact that we have all of these tools to connect us, but nobody's really seeing the people around them. And I recently attended the, uh, the, the funeral of my cousin's wife, and they were 15, 18 years my senior. So she married into the family when I was a little kid, and I'm the 26th grandchild. So most of my cousins are 15 to 25 years older than I am. And I came along before they had kids, so I was too old to hang out with their kids, but I was too young to really hang out with them. And she was one of the few people in the family who really saw that I was in a unique position. So when I was eight or 10 and she married in the family, she always took the time to sit down and talk to me. Uh, my mom got really ill when I was a teenager and she pulled me aside at a family party and said, nobody else here understands, but I lost my dad when I was a teenager. I understand. And so I always felt that. And then afterwards, uh, after my mom died, she used to invite me over to their house for dinner. Cause she lived, she and my cousin lived between my dad and where I went to college. So when I drive up and back, they'd always tell me to stop by and, my cousin told me after the funeral how much she enjoyed those. I mean, I felt like now as an adult, God, I must have been so intrusive coming by for dinner every month. But he talked about how she enjoyed it. But I, I realized something. The reason I flew out to California for her funeral is she saw the unique situation that I had, being a teenager, going through that, being much younger than everybody else. And and she saw that. It was sort of a, a namaste type thing. You know, I see your soul. And what really in, was really interesting is I read what people wrote on Facebook about her. Her own, she now has adult children. Her adult children's friends were like, when I was having that trouble in high school, you understood. Uh, coworkers were writing, when, when I went through that tough time, you saw me. And I really sort of adopted, even before this, her, her passing, but, but I really hit home when I started seeing that, that we need to start doing that. Just what you were saying. We need to stop and look up from our phone. And it's not just the homeless person. It's the coworker. It may be the extrovert who's the life of the party. They still can feel invisible. And so that's something that uh, has become very important to me is trying. And I don't know that I always succeed in seeing the people around me. 
That is, that is so well put. I'm really, really glad that uh, you shared that because I actually felt like answering that question, I'm like, how am I going to answer this question? Because I could just list off all these accolades, but that's not really where the meat of it is. I said, that's not really the, tr- like, that's, it's great and all that stuff, but it's not, it's not where it's at. And where it's at, I think I, I work with um, a couple different shamans. We talked about getting woo-woo here. Um, but one of them said to me, um, this woman, Maria Teresa Chavez said, I treat each person as if they are the most important person that I've ever met. So the person that's in front of me is actually the most important person in the world. And that's, and as I learned to do that and learned to do that with groups now, like being on a podcast, like everything that I say is, this is impacting people. And if, if I steer people in the wrong direction, it could, it could hurt people. So I, I'd be really intentional with my words and you know, treat everybody with that compassion and love that I would like to be treated with. And that's actually just a reflection of how I treat myself. So when I do that, it's all of a sudden it just ripples out and it's like, Oh, the way I talked to Tom today, it could change how he talks to his wife tonight. If I piss him off. I don't know, Tom, he could slap his wife. I have no, no idea. No, he couldn't. But yeah, I get the, I get the analogy, but he couldn't. Yeah. And instead, I'm like, I, I would rather leave you inspired to be like, okay, who am I being as a husband? Am I being the best husband? And then think about that. And then by being that, all of a sudden start doing all those things that maybe there's one thing that you neglected to do. So, Ian, this has been a wonderful talk. I'm really glad that you came on the show. And I, I think your words that, you know, when you're on a show like this, you can inspire somebody. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think you probably did inspire somebody, uh, if not just me. So if somebody's listening to this and they need to know more about you, they want to find out about Evolved Life, how do, how do they find you? Yeah, well, anybody that comes looking for me, just Instagram, Ian Gray, or on Facebook, feel free to message me. I get a lot of them, but I do answer them personally still at this point. Um, so I always can reach out to me that way. I'm a pretty approachable person. Um, and for the, the listeners of this show, if you want to go and get 28 days of the subscription model free and learn these practices, go to evolvedlife.com forward slash cool kids. Nice. And yeah, of course I'm going to, we're going to have your branding on there. Everything is going to be beautiful. <laughs> and we even have this podcast on there for you to listen to again. Um, so yeah, go to evolvedlife.com forward slash cool kids. And that's evolved life. Life is with a Y, not an I. Oh, very nice. And Ian Gray is not spelled the way you might think. You, you want to take a look in the show note thing and uh, on the title of the show to make sure you spell Ian Gray correctly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ian, again, thank you so much. And to everybody who tuned in and listened, I say it every time. If it wasn't for the audience, we wouldn't have a show. So please keep coming back. If you like the show, go subscribe on iTunes. Leave a review. It's the best thing ever. If you listen on Stitcher or on Spotify or anywhere else, leave a review there and and subscribe to the show. And come back. Tell your friends about cool things entrepreneurs do. You can find out all the information about me at TomSinger.com. That's T-H-O-M-S-I-N-G-E-R.com. We've got a little group coaching program called the Potential Mastermind Project. You can find out everything you want about that at PotentialMastermind.com. And beyond that, come back. We'll be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Ian. I know you're thinking, how in the world will you find somebody as cool as Ian? But I always do. And in the meantime, I'm going to challenge you. Go out there and have a great day. 
Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.